Hello Voices, my name is Joe Choi and I'm a multi-award-winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. A bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Hello and welcome to another episode. Have you ever had something break? Go missing or want to ask questions but don't know where to go. We searched the internet for a way to contact someone and always buried in the most non-user-friendly place is a number. We proceed to call and are greeted by a pre-recorded voice on the other end, greeting us and then informing us on the options we have to finally get through to the correct person. Well, today, we're going to hear from some of those people who voice these messages and make them. Today's adventure is about IVR. IVR stands for Interactive Voice Response and is an automated telephone system that combines pre-recorded messages or text-to-speech technology to engage callers, allowing them to provide and access information without a live agent. That's what the internet says anyway. I've done my fair share of IVRs and in the industry, it's like Marmite. We're not exactly the most glamorous niche in the world of voiceover and definitely isn't the highest paying compared to commercial work, but there are a few people out there who thrive doing them and makes a big portion of their work. Let's hear from a couple of these lovely folks now to get their views on IVR. Hello there. My name is Nick Redman. I'm a voiceover artist and a spoken voice and recording coach, also author of On The Mic, voice training for voiceover artists, podcasters, speakers and presenters. And I have been doing this uh, job talking to myself in a little padded room of varying shapes and sizes for uh, nearly 20 years. Well, you might be able to tell from my dulcet Northern Irish tones that a lot of my work goes back to Northern Ireland. I am pretty prolific on the phones back there in all kinds of places. But the main ones, I think, that are recognisable to anybody not from Northern Ireland as large brands might be the police service, uh, their 101 helpline, that's me, or student loans company, sorry, if it's me asking you to uh, (laughs) pay some of your money back. Uh, Also, historic royal palaces, so I'm often on the end of the phone giving you opening times. I'm not sure about misconceptions, to be honest, but I think potentially if you're a newcomer, the fact that it's not better paid, I was a wee bit shocked at that because it is at the lower end of the price rung, which sometimes seems weird considering how many people might hear you, you know, if you're the voice of a big brand or a line that people would ring all the time. So maybe it's a money situation. I was a wee bit shocked that it is one of those slightly lower wage brackets, considering a lot of the time you are in fact selling and that you're a big part of the customer journey and you're representing that brand vocally. I think some of the cons are it's a bit repetitive sometimes, a little bit boring. And if I have to say www dot one more time, <laughs> oh dear Lord, um, I might just throw my microphone against the wall. They're harder than you think to do well. It's not just press one, press two, press three. Like there's a lot of intricate structure in there that you do have to take time to get your head around. So when you first get started with them, it can take you a little while to make them sound natural, engaging, intimate and interesting and really get that idea of guiding the listener through that journey that the client needs you to go on. 
Pros for me are it's really quick. You know, it sort of becomes my warm up these days because you get so familiar with the structure of the prompts and they're nice and intimate. So it's really easy to get that lovely talking to one person vibe. I just like doing them because I feel like I'm chatting to somebody and that's a nice way to start the day. They're really easy to edit. You don't have to do much processing. And also, you know, it's nice to be the voice of something because it gets regular and the client likes the familiarity and it's easy to come back to you for more. And they do all add up, you know, bit by bit, those little bits of money. If you get 10, 15, 20 prompts in a go, it all does add up. So it's uh, it's good for client loyalty, which when you're building a business in voiceover is huge. You know, it was really my bread and butter as a newcomer and I learned so much doing them. They're a great way to cut your teeth. They're a great way to practice sight reading, learning to edit and process and honing your home studio setup as well. They're also so good for learning to deal with long, complex, complicated sentences because often there's a lot of information to get in there and a lot of the time they're client written so they can be a wee bit chunky or or peculiarly structured. So I'm Michelle Wood and I've been a voiceover artist for about five and a half years now, the kind of clients that tend to come to me, I have, I have quite a lot of self-employed people, so like plumbers or electricians or mechanics, um, and they just want a voice that isn't obviously them on their phone system. I think maybe it gives the illusion of perhaps a bigger setup. So when people call, it doesn't sound so much like they're just a one-man band. So I do get quite a few of those. Um, But apart from that, I mean, it can be anything, really. There's a whole variety. I've been on telephone systems for care homes, um, go-karting tracks, taxi companies. Yeah, it, it is a real mix. One of the good things about doing IVR work is that often they can be quite short, so they're easy to fit in around other work. And if you're good at planning your day, you can kind of You can use IVR work to sort of fill those little gaps and it's quite nice because you can also offer a really quick turnaround for clients. One of the negatives, I think, is a lot of confusion over the pricing for IVR work. This comes from bulk IVR where you'd have a big company with 100 or maybe 200 prompts to record and the voice artist would get five or six or seven pounds per prompt, but it would be one big chunk of work and somehow that five, six, seven pound rate has become known as the rate for a telephone message. So because that rate also appears on rate cards, I think it's quite confusing. As you can hear, nobody really gets into IVR. Most people do stumble upon it as there isn't really a big incentive as it doesn't pay much. But that being said, it is a good place to get regular work, which does add up over the month. It allows VOs to practice their craft and gain some good clients along the way. Now, we have got some insight from behind the mic. Let's talk to the people that actually create the IVRs themselves and they can tell us more. I reached out to Premier CX, a company that I in fact work with regularly and spoke with Head of Creative David Richardson. I want to find out the origin of IVR, rates, processes and how to book more work in the field. Let's go. Um, let's start off by introducing yourself and letting the audience know what it is you do. Well, my name's David Richardson. I'm the head of creative at uh, Premier CX. Um, and as a company, we've been dealing with uh, contact centers, which is where you'll find IVR, uh, for over 25 years. 
not personally. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been doing it uh, for 25 yeah. years myself. Um, but uh, yeah, the company has a fantastic track record uh, in that area. So I, we're the right people to talk to if you want to know uh, about IVR and particularly the voiceover game, just to sort of give you a bit of feel for, for who I am. I mean, I once uh, long ago in my checkered past uh, read news on a few little local radio stations and I've done a little bit of VO work myself. So um, I've, I've been both sides of the coin, shall we say. So what is IVR? So IVR is uh, Interactive Voice Response. That's what it, um, it stands for. And the weird thing about that is you might think from uh, what that says that that means it's um, voice recognition, what we'd think of as voice recognition. So those systems where you phone up and it says, you know, uh, what, we, what can I do for you today in a few words? And then you say, I don't know, I want to pay a bill or whatever. That is a form of telephone system, but that is not actually what IVR is. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of acronyms and, 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 and initials around this, so I apologize. Um, but ultimately, when you're talking about IVR for the voiceover world, what you're really talking about is anything to do with those telephone systems that you call up and you and it asks you to press one, press two, whatever. Um, and there are some subtleties within that, as I say. So IVR in our world, is specifically those telephone systems that you have to press a button for, whereas the speech recognition ones are what they call NLU. told you there was a lot of initials. Um, And that's natural language understanding. And that is actually voice recognition. And the reason there's this (laughs) kind of weird disparity and the, the initials don't seem to make any sense is because they came up with IVR, before we had voice recognition, oh, okay. so it's an old it's an old legacy term that's that's persisted, and that's kind of all a bit technical. But um, as a as a VO, ultimately, what I'm going to do when I come to you, as I as I have done on various occasions, uh, Joe, is we will ask you to record um, what we refer to as a prompt most often, um, and that is short little bits of uh, of audio that might be anything from Welcome to Premier CX at the very beginning through to for accounts press one, for sales press two, although we'd, um, we wouldn't repeat press too often. That's one of our best practice tips. Um, but uh, yeah, we would, we would sort of mix and match that up. And then through into uh, the messages that you hear in the queue as well. Yeah. Um, and they, for us, we would want those to be informative, uh, maybe a bit entertaining, you know, those sorts of things. So there's a couple of different styles you need as a VO yeah. when you're thinking about that. And sometimes the trap people fall into is they think, well, telephone systems have to sound a particular way. So they will they'll restrict themselves to a very formal kind of welcome to Premier CX for accounts. Press one for sales, press two, and they'll do this kind of sing-songy delivery. And it's very much like it's so much else in the world these days. It's now about a conversational style. It's about bringing your own persona. When we talk to companies that we work with, that we provide the audio for, we talk about brand, we talk about persona, we talk about bringing um, who that company is in their wider marketing strategy into their telephone space. So a voice like yours, Joe, which is, you know, you've got that lovely, rich, warm 
tone, you know, that's perfect for brand A. On the other hand, somebody who's got a slightly uh, higher, someone like me is a bit more, um, I guess, formal, a little bit <laughs> stuck in my ways, maybe, um, you know, I would suit brand B. Um, and it's about finding those different voices and, and applying them. Um, and then what we also want is we want within the message space those wonderful skills that VOs have around uh, sort of those uh, that conversational style, those advertising messages, that ability just to talk naturally and to convey uh, that information. So it's it's a world of different things that we are looking for within a telephone system. Whereas I think even some of our clients have in their head what they think a telephone system should sound like. And we're all about using the VOs and, and your talents to change that effectively and bring it, dare I say, into the 21st century. Yeah, it's very interesting you say that because I remember when I first started working with you, um, I did have that that thought process in my head that I had to deliver it in a certain way, which to most people would sound like an RP kind of intonation, you know, kind of sing song. But um, yeah, over time you start to realize, no, they, they want a specific sound regardless of what it is that the, the client is looking for that. And you hit the nail on the head, the conversational read, because essentially, you know, especially over the last few years, we as people have been calling um helplines a lot <laughs> and we hate them <laughs> for the most part so you kind of want a relatable voice that you can be like look I, i'm still annoyed i'm still a bit pissed off but you know it's better than hearing a monotone read um yeah because if i'm calling i don't know say nike for something random i, I don't i want to hear a certain kind of voice for that you know um and i think most people are looking for that but um on to my next question is ivr only used for telephone systems or can it be used in other aspects in in our everyday life um i mean generally speaking that where where 99.9 percent .9 of us are ever going to encounter it is going to be when we phone our bank um our insurance mm. company um you know the uh the contact center of uh, a retail uh, store uh, that we've, uh, we you know, we need to ask them a question about a product, or bless, we may have a <laughs> may have a complaint. Heavens, but this is where most of us will will, will encounter it. Um, mm. I suppose it's possible some people might encounter it um, on internal systems if if they're working for a large company. But yeah, generally it's it's contact centers and, and telephone systems is is where IVR is. Um, it's not really needed anywhere else. It's a it's a very particular solution to a very particular uh, scenario. And you made a really good point about wanting to have that conversational touch. That you know, uh, you know, you, Nike's a really brilliant example because you wouldn't expect to hear me <laughs> reading. <laughs> You know, Never know. Nike, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not young enough. Let's face it. I mean, you know, I, I admit it. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I am something the other side of forty. Um, but uh, you know, I'm not Nike's target market, am I? But also, for us, IVR is about getting people through as efficiently as possible. You made the point. People get really um, frustrated by it. 
And you're right. You're absolutely right. People get massively frustrated by these phone systems. They would, in many cases, they'd rather be able to do it online, especially increasingly these days. So when we do make that phone call, often it's because it's the channel of last resort. Yeah. So having that personable um, experience that, that can help calm people and also having professional audio, and this is one of the things we say to our clients so often, is there, there's a credibility there that a voiceover gives to that system because you are a professional voiceover recording on professional kit and we edit it professionally, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, our end. It is professionally scripted. And that whole thing, and the voice is such an integral part of that, lifts that brand from your local doctor's surgery or, or the builder uh, from down the road to a brand, mm. to a global or national brand. So it's massively important that that's what they hear when, when, when you uh, first hear that welcome to or thanks for calling. Why do you think human voices are used more than automated voices? Or is it actually that automated voices are used more than human voices, especially in the current climate with AI and that kind of things and budgets and whatnot? Well, I would say this because we've, I mean, we've been watching this closely um, because we've had one eye kind of over our shoulder for, I don't know, 10 years now, kind of saying text-to-speech is coming, what's it going to do, is it any good? And we're kind of hitting that cusp, honestly, where some of these systems are now getting good. They're not brilliant, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say. And and we still see absolutely future of real voice in this industry because when we're talking to our clients, we are seeing a number of different things. And some of these brands are already saying that they would rather keep a real voice, even though, you know, these AI voices, these text-to-speech voices are coming on and they are getting better. Some of our clients see a real niche, not niche, but sort of credit, uh, value, that's the word I'm looking for, value in having a real human voice. So there's, so there's that aspect. Um, the other thing is that the, the current text-to-speech um, systems, I would say they're fantastic um, in some cases if you want to put an emergency message on. And you've got, you know, you know your, your entire system has gone down at the contact center. I need an emergency message. I need it now. I haven't got an hour to wait even. And you've got to just have it. And you know what? Sometimes that's brilliant and that's fantastic. And you can produce that through many telephone systems. And the reality is many telephone systems now come bundled with a text-to-speech option, but they are not as good as a human voice. They, are, they don't have the expression. They don't have the, the natural understanding that a human being has for any individual script. And they're not as unique as a human voice in terms of if you want a brand and you, and you want to have that, uh, that thing that sticks out. And the other thing they're really, really rubbish at is regional accents. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you've got that something um, that that makes you a little bit different as a voiceover, then there is absolutely still 
place for you. Um, and that's why, I mean, for, for, for us, we are incredibly happy, pleased, and, and you know, keen to keep working uh, with the VOs, uh, which, I mean, who we've, we've got, you know, long-running uh, relationships with. And the other thing, of course, is uh, for us, we, I mean, I personally, I kind of see that there's, there's a potential best of both worlds in our future, which is where, as I say, for this emergency messaging um, and things like that, um, and for quick changes, text-to-speech, AI voice, fantastic, it makes it flexible. But then when you get into the in-queue space, for example, um, and you want that lift, you want that specific read, that ability to direct a human voice, that ability to just um, tell someone in a, in a recording session a little bit faster, a little bit slower, a, a bit more emphasis on this sentence. I can't, I can't do that as easily with a lot of these systems. There's editing you can do, but for a casual user of one of these systems, my take on it still to date, um, and these things are advancing, but to date, it's still in many ways far quicker and easier to produce a human voice than it is to get anywhere near that kind of nuance out of a text-to-speech system. The AI voices, they are slightly different technology because text-to-speech is very much type it in, computer generates the voice. You can do a bit of editing, a comma here, uh, write a word phonetically to try and trick the computer into saying it right. You can do these things. And that's another weakness, of course, is a human being, I can say to you, here's a word. It looks like it's V-I-T-A. It could be Vita. It could be Vita. It could be Vita. All I've got to say to you, Joe, is it's pronounced Vita. Yeah. And you will pronounce it. On on, on a text-to-speech, I've got a... And I can give you options as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of our voices are really good at that. I mean, a lot of what, you know, you get to sort of a, a couple of takes uh, that you can choose from. So nine times out of 10, um, a human VO is going to be, I mean, most of our, our VOs, I say more than nine times out of 10, you know, it's, it's right first time, almost every time, you know, it's, it's efficient. It is actually a really efficient way to produce audio. Um, so yeah, I still see a lot of, a lot of lifespan uh, for VO versus text-to-speech AI voices. As I say, particularly if you've got that sound that is yours, if you have uh, a particular uh, regional accent or perhaps um, uh, for, for international, because the key, of course, this is the other thing. If you are not just limited to English language, for example, um, that's a big plus for a VO because so many of these systems at the moment are primarily aimed at obviously the US market <laughs> um, because that's where the money is. And a lot of it has been initially created in, in English language. So, I mean, we produce audio in everything from uh, English language, obviously, to Tagalog uh, from the Philippines and, and other languages that these text-to-speeches haven't quite got to yet. And of course, all everything, pretty much everything in between, um, we we do as well for global clients. In fact, one of our largest clients, who um, I'm not allowed to name, <laughs> but one of our largest clients are global and in multiple languages. They have made a specific decision to stay human voice. Okay. 
do you go actively looking for clients or do they come to you? And what is the process from, you know, writing the, the prompts to finding a voice to, you know, then the VO recording and, you know, so on and so forth? So the way we do it is um, there's a couple of ways you can go about it. I mean, one way is um, you could you can go chasing tenders for the rest of your life, um, you know, looking out for people who are looking for this kind of stuff. Uh, we don't do that. We are very much more active, proactive. Uh, let's say we we uh, we would go to um, a summit event, uh, an expo. Uh, for example, where we get a chance to meet uh, clients who are actively looking to improve their telephone systems and they're looking at the the technology and, and all those sorts of things. And we rock up as well and we have a chat to as many people as we can proactively. And then out of that, we'll get a number of people who go, oh, wow, actually, that's really interesting, this thing you do to improve our telephone system. Um, we, are, we also do, we do video, we do chatbot stuff, live chat and all those sorts of things. But we don't sell... We don't sell the technology. Um, we improve the system. The customer experience is what we do. So a client comes to us and says, okay, we're really interested. What can you do for me? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll phone your telephone system. We'll record it. Um, and then what we'll do is we will we'll get that down. We will critique it. Um, and we'll give them a, sort of a top-line audit of their phone. And you'd be amazed how many systems in this country and globally are still using uh, what we refer to as an in-house voice, um, which is where they've got Steve from accounts or, you know, uh, Gladys from uh, from sales to record their, their voice messaging. Uh, or in the larger contact centers where we mostly focus, um, you'll often find it's a member of staff from within the contact center who's recording them. And you end up with a situation where you've got like five, six different voices, you know, popping up at different parts of, of the phone system. We've all heard this when we phone companies. The, the audio clarity is poor. Uh, you can hear breathing in the background. Sometimes, God help us, wet mouth noises. <laughs> you know, all of these sorts of things we can, we can call out. You know, all of that stuff that we, you know, you know you, your distance from the microphone, all that stuff as a voiceover you're aware of and you know how to deal with. You know, we, we hear all that. And then what, what we also do is we look at the, the flow of their IVR. So it's like, you know, it took us five button presses to talk to a human being. You know, you don't, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to go through five layers of menu. So we'll call out some of these things. We'll present it to them in a meeting to, uh, and we'll say, look, this is where you are now. And the other thing we'll do, and, and you'll have been uh, on a number of these, Joe, is we will produce a demo version. It's very short, normally just one message and a, and, and one, and a small part of the IVR, that press button bit. And we will then present that to this possible client and say, does this sound a bit better? And you know it does. Um, because it's professional voice, you know, we've rewritten the IVR, um, and we have our own best practice guidelines that our script writers follow. My team, the creative team, uh, we uh, have uh, fantastic uh, creative account managers. You may have uh, encountered a couple of them, Joe, in your travels. And uh, our guys, we will rewrite all of these things, but we can actually do that to a level if we actually go forward and then do a project with them we can map that entire telephone system so we understand what every option does, where it goes, how you get to an agent, what do those agents do, um, what are their skills, how, do, how can we divide up that so that we can then go back and replan that entire phone system. So instead of 
five button presses to get through to a human being. Most people are getting through to a human being in two, maybe three button presses. So you're reducing the frustration, uh, smoothing the, the pathway, the routing that uh, anyone follows, and hopefully making it better for every customer who calls. And there is a reality also that we will be looking in this day and age for ways to promote self-service options as well. And that's a very, very big thing in the industry. Um, and any, as any contact center uh, manager would tell you, because there's a reality in our industry that when you or I call up whatever company we need to, and we finally get talking to that human being, we're in a one-to-one -one relationship there, just like we are now. And that's expensive. <laughs> that is expensive <laughs> yeah. because that is that agent's time only focused on you. If they're on a live chat, if I can get you to go to live chat as a customer, then I can deal with up to seven people. Yeah, sort of maybe that live chat agent could be dealing with up to seven people. So that's cheaper. If I can get a put, put a chat bot in and, and you, you don't actually have to call or you self-serve another way, I didn't have to pay, pay for that at all. So what you see is that doesn't mean, and don't worry, don't panic, that doesn't mean IVR is going away. Oh, it is here to stay <laughs> because what, contact centers should now be there for and where you want to be putting that expensive resource as a company is towards those complicated calls the frustrated call you know a vulnerable customer by which and that there's a huge range of people who fall into uh, those categories um, and you or I might fall into that category at some point depending on our uh, our particular circumstances the cost of living right now uh, everything that's going on interest rate hikes um, if you imagine you're a mortgage provider, then right now you might find a lot of customers who perhaps up here you don't think are vulnerable are suddenly vulnerable customers because they are in a very difficult position. So the contact center and that one-to-one -one relationship is still extremely valuable. So the telephone systems that back it up and all those sorts of things is, is here to stay. I think what we will see is a move in terms of technology, perhaps away from what you, uh, the IVR, to the natural language and speech recognition and things like that, perhaps a bit more, um, as those speech recognition systems get better and better. But that still means that for the voiceover, there's still responses that need to be recorded. There's still audio we need to provide. There's still that in-queue space. We still need to provide uh, all of that audio. So the game changes. And yet, ultimately, you still need audio on that system because the simple fact is that's how phones work. You know, if there's nothing to listen to at the other end, then, I mean, what, you know, what is it? And these systems are designed to route you to the right place so that the right agent speaks to you and that they are the person who can solve your problem. So next time you're on a phone call and you think, oh, I'll just press one, 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 one. As, as I normally do. You're only, you're only doing yourself a disservice, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just say, actually, and, and uh, li listen to the options. Listen to the options would be what I'd say, because otherwise all they're going to do is waste time transferring mm, you internally anyway. Um, and the worst, worst case is they might say, well, I can't put you through. You'll have to redial, so... I know a lot of people who are voiceovers who are listening to this, who want to get into the world of IVR. How do you look for voices and how can they contact you? 
So, um, I mean, uh, for, from, from our point of view, um, if you check out our website, premiercx.co.uk, you can find out a lot more about us, what we do, and you can, uh, there's, there's basic contact details on there. So, um, I mean, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I think you can look me up. I think my, uh, I'm, I'm publicly available um, if, you, if you want to. I, I'm, I'm in connect, I am connected to a fair number of uh, VOs uh, through there. But actually, um, it's uh, probably better just to sort of get in touch with us direct and the studio uh, manager my colleague Alex um, and his team will then vet any anything we get incoming. Uh, but to be fair, most incoming um, sort of queries don't necessarily make it. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Unless you've got something different, something a bit, you know, someone like you, Joe, with that, you there, there was just something about your your tone that was we were lacking on our voice roster. And I think it's the same for any any production house. What we're looking for is that thing we don't have. Um, or that extra talent, or or something, and ultimately, VOs. You know, we work with VOs. We've had someone on books for ages. Um, occasionally, uh, some of that it does mean that uh, they move on in life and and they leave us. But more often, we will go out into the world looking because we will come up with um, a project where it's a case of, right, okay, so this brand is based in the northeast of England, so we want a northeast of England regional voice. For example, how many have we got on our books? Well, we've got a couple we really could do with presenting maybe three or four options to this client um, for them to, to listen to, a couple of male, a couple of female, and that way, or, or, or different age groups, that sort of thing. So we will actively go looking, and we will look on in the usual places. I mean, we will look at... Um, uh, voiceover UK, uh, voiceover uk and, and all those sorts of those those sites um, but we will also put specific searches in for voiceovers that you know we've worked with in the past but haven't worked with for ages or indeed we'll just do internet searches and then you know your your internet presence um, or your LinkedIn presence your social media presence those sorts of things really help us then to to find you and it's our studio team who have that that job of of, of finding those voices um, and then what we do is we we will sign you up to our roster we have as you know um, a system uh, called prompt voice studio. Um, which we then can use to manage uh, the sort of the, the sending of scripts and, and things like that. So yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. So um, David, thank you. You've, you've actually opened my eyes to the world of IVR. I think I as and a lot of people don't actually give it a second thought when we just call up these places and and it actually gives me a bit more clarity onto the prompts that come to me when you send them to me um and what you want from me as well so not only has this helped people that want to get into the field of IVR but it's also helped me as well um with my job so thank you very much and um I hope to work on many more projects in the future with you yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're a fantastic voice, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know that it's just as simple as that. So, yeah, I mean, if I can, if I can get you on a few more projects, mate. Honestly, uh, I would love to. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time as well, and, and for inviting me on. This has been brilliant. Now, what did I take away from today's conversation? IVR isn't going anywhere anytime soon, as it provides a very useful service to companies and customers on a day-to-day -day basis. Something that we often overlook. Long gone are the days when telephone systems all sound the same. More and more companies are looking for more conversational approaches to resonate with their audience, so there is no such thing as not having the voice for IVR. And IVR isn't going to change your life financially, as rates are not going to change anytime soon. 
But if you want to be a successful VO, I would definitely not exclude it out of your repertoire. It's quick and it's a great way to stay active. It's simple. The more you do, the more you earn and a great way to practice on the job. Thank you, David, and the team at Premier CX for taking time out to talk with me. I have included all of their details below as always. And if you want to reach out to me, you can do so at joetroy.com. Okay, another adventure over. Not long left to go now for season two. Until next time, bye-bye.